0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Schlock Tactics. My name's Ash and I'm joined once again by Mark. Oh hi Mark. Good evening. Uh, this is a very special episode. Razzie season is upon us again. Uh, we've been away for a little while but we are now back and we are joined once again by a very special guest. You know him best from Water a Ranker on Instagram. It's Liam. Hello. Welcome back to the show Liam. Thank you. Thanks for coming on for Razzie season. It's the most wonderful time of the year for bad movie aficionados. Uh, Last episode we did, it was a little while ago, before Christmas, but it was um, an Arnie versus Sly special. Mm -hmm. And um, we didn't even know that we'd be talking about Sylvester Stallone again (laughs) quite so soon. In fact, we swore to stay away from... uh, 1994, but we just can't quit Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> so uh, if you want to check out the last episode, go and do that. But as I say, today we are talking Razzie nominations. The Razzie ceremony is coming up this Saturday, the 14th. So it's the first year that it's not been on the same night as the Oscars. And it is also going to be broadcast on television for the first time. So uh, we are going to get you ready for the Razzie's. And we're going to be running down the five worst picture nominations for you, just like we did last year. Um, but this year... It is The Haunting of Sharon Tate, The Fanatic, Rambo Last Blood, A Medea Family Funeral and Cats. So we've watched all these films. Uh, We've just finished watching Cats. Painfully. (laughs) We are very excited to be up here recording and not down there watching that. So we're going to go through these one by one. We're not going to break down the plot in massive detail like we usually do on the show. We're just going to give our overall thoughts because... We don't want to be here all night and you want to get a general idea of what, to, uh, what the worst possible films are from the last year. So, first of all, we'll get into The Haunting of Sharon Tate. So, this is um, this is this year's de facto horror film, if you want to call it that. Last year it was Winchester, oh, which yeah. was the horror offering. This year is The Haunting of Sharon Tate. So, this is based on the real life story of Sharon Tate, who was a famous actress in the 60s. Married to Roman Polanski, and she was murdered, along with three of her friends, by the Manson family. Coming out in the same year as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Also covered that particular yeah. time and place, so I don't think that's a, a coincidence. It's
1: the 50-year uh, anniversary, isn't it? And there you
0: yeah. go, so everyone's gone... Manson crazy, yeah. if you like. You guys have seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think. I yes, haven't. I have, not yeah. Is that better than the one yes. you, <laughs> <say? Just laughs> you a sure? More. It's not historically <laughs> accurate in any way,
1: <laughs> but it's still a lot better than this. But that doesn't matter necessarily, <laughs> yeah. Winchester wasn't either.
0: So, um, yeah, this does, this does cover real-life events, real-life murders, which I think is why it attracted a little bit of controversy, which is probably what, what they were going for, to be honest. It's directed by uh, and written by a guy called Daniel Farren's. Now, I didn't realise until I looked into this, but we have discussed his writing before on the show, Mark, because ah. he wrote Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. Really? Which wow. we reviewed uh, on our Halloween special a few years ago. Oh. So uh, other than that, he's mainly made um, horror documentaries, like Friday the 13th documentary, uh, The History of Halloween. and stuff like that, so... yeah. I guess he's not really experienced at doing actual films, like feature films, and right. I guess you could tell that. Stars Hilary Duff as Sharon Tate as well. So I, I guess the problem mainly with this film is that it does portray real life events, real murders, but makes the weird choice not to really stick to what happened. Yeah. And I mean, I was a little bit confused by the ending. Can can anyone explain to me what what know. happened here in the end? They, they were
1: murdered. They weren't murdered. Was, it was killed and but then mm-hmm. she came along
0: and saw them. Spoilers <laughs> will will follow. <laughs> I mean, if you didn't know, Sharon Sorry. I mean, Sharon Tate was murdered in real life, so that's not a spoiler. But at the yeah. end of this film, they're killed and they survive. Yeah, they're able to. Like you think they've survived? you're like, oh my god. Uh, I mean, the premise of the film is is that she, and this is apparently true, she had a premonition of her own death a year before it actually happened. So she did have a nightmare that her and her friends were being held hostage in their house and they, and they were stabbed, which mm. is what happened. So that's about the only true part in the film. Liam, what did you think of
2: The Haunting of Sharon Tate overall? Well, I feel like this was, out of all the ones we watched, the worst written film. Okay just it seemed like the the laziest screenplay i've seen in a long time where every decision felt like the first draft and then it was just put out into the world yeah like every choice every line of dialogue was so on the nose and so just painfully cheesy
0: yeah it was very it was very much a cliched horror movie mm. like trying to also be real but like it was quite tacky and sensationalist so it won't surprise anyone that the family of Sharon Tate were outraged by the film yeah. they're like what the fuck are you doing I think the real insulting part is that they they kind of wanted to have their cake and eat it. they wanted to do a twist that the people aren't actually dead, but then they are also dead. Yeah. which not only does it not make any sense, pretty insulting to the family because she' definitely was killed. Yeah. that definitely happened. <laughs> you can't do like um, a biography of Martin Luther King and he's not shot and killed. Yeah. you can't do you know you can't do a f- real life film by anyone who's died and they don't die because that's that's the one. Inaccuracy, you can't really, mm. you can't really do, isn't it? It's got two point eight on IMDb. There's um, just no depth to any of the characters. So generic. <laughs> I also, did read on IMDb something funny. I'm not sure if this is true. I hope it is, but um, the editor of the film said that several scenes were meant to be played normally but had to be played in slow motion in order to bring the movie to feature length you can absolutely feel it. the last 10 <laughs> minutes
2: is all in slow motion yeah and it clearly wasn't shot in the right frame rate to be no, slow motion because no. it's so choppy
0: so it's just really weird and we need dis- to elongate this discombobulating <laughs> talk about padding it's not the only film on this uh, list that does that mm. um, but it's the only one that does it with slow mo which is a weird decision so there you go not really enough material here for a feature film Not the sort of um, content that lends itself to a super violent... There's some super violent stabbing going on here like that that is pretty
1: uncomfortable. That was quite brutal, really. Yeah.
0: There was my favourite bit in the whole film, which made me laugh a lot and I had to rewind it, was the Russian guy's in the bathroom and he's being attacked by one of the Manson family women. And he picks up the lid from the toilet oh, yeah. and he smacks her in the face yeah. <laughs> so hard. Um, and it makes a great noise. And she just gets back up again. So it's not even re- very realistic no. uh, uh, violence at all. So. Yeah. There you go. So no doubt you guys would recommend uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, more so than this if you're going yeah. for that period, that era. So if yeah. you want to watch a Sharon Tate movie this year. Next film we're going to talk about on this one. This is one I was kind of looking forward to for a while <laughs> after I heard about it. Um this is The Fanatic. Now when I first heard about this film, I wasn't surprised to hear that John Travolta was being tipped for a Razzie, because this time last year we were talking about the exact same thing with Gotti, which won a lot of the awards last year. He, yeah. he he crops up in these all the time. But what I was most surprised um when this film was sort of announced and got all the Razzie buzz was that Fred Durst is a film director? Yeah. I had no idea at all about this as a thing. Hasn't he directed like loads of all the music videos? He's stuff. directed a lot of music videos, which is not that surprising.
1: Yeah.
0: He's actually directed about two or three feature films before this, which, like I say, to me was a complete bizarre sort of twist, you know, that Fred Durst couldn't write and direct films, or can he? Yeah. We'll, we'll discuss. But yeah, I mean, I think we all know Fred Durst uh, best from his. Musical stylings, his <laughs> unique uh, rap metal. He was one of the most famous people in the world this like time. 20 years 20 ago. 20 years ago. Yeah. No doubt you can't deny that. And I was a big Limp Biscuit fan. Mm. But times change, thank <laughs> goodness. And here he is, uh, a feature movie director working with John Travolta, you know, 20 years later. So it was definitely inspired by a real life uh, person that stalked Fred Durst 20 years ago, I assume. But yeah, it's John Travolta starring as this. Pretty sure autistic character, mm. mentally challenged character who is lives in Hollywood and um, is a super fan of a character called Hunter Dunbar, yeah. <laughs> which is a hilarious name. Uh, Hunter Dunbar here, played by a guy who I hadn't seen in probably about 20 years, Devon Sauer. Uh, people might remember him from the Final Destination films, Idle Hands. Uh, SLC Punk. He was like a teen sort of heart, Canadian heartthrob in the late '90s, and then he just completely disappeared off the face of the earth afterwards. So he's here, looking weirdly grown up, playing this sort of horror um, character, and, and the whole film revolves around John Travolta stalking him and and getting trying to get close to him and wanting his autograph that he wants to sort of hang out with him, and it all gets sort of creepy. And Mark, what were your overall thoughts on
1: the fanatic? Uh, it was just Travolta's character was just ridiculous not much plot to it he's just working his way into this guy's life yeah Um, i feel like
0: we've seen films like this before yeah definitely it's not new is it this sort of idea doing this
1: stupid british policeman thing (laughs) i really like that bobby a bobby on the beat (laughs) the actor who plays dunbar like he yeah he wasn't I don't think he was very good at acting. He was just being a dick. Yeah. It felt like he maybe was a dick. And then there's a ridiculous end bit where he gets his hand shot and then he gets stabbed in the eye. And, but <laughs> he survives it. And yeah. it's just like, what? There's no way he would survive getting stabbed in gun the eye. A bar is framed for the murder of his maid. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. got, she got yeah. bat- battered in the garden. <laughs> yeah, it was just... Um, I just felt like it was... I could tell it was written by fred durst yeah the
0: dialogue was awful and i i think you i mean you mentioned holding a sharon tay i think this might have had the worst script because characters were saying stuff like fuck you you faggot oh fuck you motherfucker and this this is straight out of fred durst's mouth we've heard him rap like this you know this is like juvenile swearing delinquent you know so uh, the script i think is terrible but Mm. i thought I actually thought John Travolta did an all right job uh, portraying this character. It's not the sort of thing he usually does. Hmm. Um, It's against his type, I would say. Like, last year he was playing a mob boss. That's what I definitely would expect. This year he's playing a loser, nerd, like, mentally challenged person, which is not what I would expect. I thought he was kind of interesting in that role. Liam,
2: what did you think of, of Travolta's turn as Moose? I'm just still shocked by why he takes so complex character pieces and then doesn't prepare at all. But that's what it feels like with his last couple of roles where he's, he's picked ones that need accents and, and character takes, and then just kind of wings it. He's trying to go for a character actor thing late in his career, maybe like Nick <laughs> Cage yeah. or something
0: like that, but it's a bit late for that probably.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I was also a massive fan of the scene where... Uh, the character driving down the road playing Limp yeah, I and talking oh, about yeah. how great Limp Biscuit <laughs> was. I to say that, yeah. <laughs> I grew up with this band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: That made me feel old. <laughs> like, this guy's way older than me. <laughs> yeah, you could tell, like, Fred Durst just doesn't know how to write a story. Like, no. this is written by, like, I think a teenager could write a better script than this. Like, it is like very teenage sound, the dialogue's all yeah. teenage, isn't yeah.
0: it? Yeah. And it's, a, it's funny because, um, Devon Sauer other than his feature films that he's done. is most famous for portraying Stan in the M&M video Stan oh, right, yeah. and there's a bit in this where Moose is been shunned for an autograph and he's writing I waited in the cold for you for an <laughs> autograph and you said no which is oh, right, verbatim yeah. from the M&M video yeah, so now yeah. Stan has now grown up into Hunter Dunbar and is now shunning people for their autograph <laughs> what a cruel uh, t- twist of events yeah. so there you go it's definitely a dumb film. Um there's no substance to the script. I kind of like the way it went where Moose actually doesn't turn out to be super psychotic despite the poster which has got him holding a bloody knife. It's actually Hunter Dunbar that kind of turns out to be the villain in the end. Yeah. The egomaniac that he doesn't care about his fans and he doesn't he's not grateful for anything and he's actually the psychotic violent always got something bubbling under the surface, you know, like uh, cheats on his wife he's actually the dirtbag yeah and the psycho stalker guy he just wanted to hang out and eat strawberry ice cream and watch a bunch of action movies yeah, i think yeah. was his wish wasn't it <laughs> and then he gets like stabbed in the eye and his hand shot off so i was a kind of a neat twist on what you th- maybe thought might happen mm. but it's ultimately a, like a garbage script
1: so oh, yeah it's, it's terribly written it was fun to see
0: travolta wrestle with that script but um <laughs> yeah i better than gotti i think yeah yeah, got you. <laughs> um,
1: although I still can't believe it reached four point eight on IMDB. Yeah. So I thought it'd be lower than that, but you
2: know. And talking of the scripts, like the first line your character says is a great way to like set up the tone of the film. Mm, what is it? And I believe the first line was <laughs> I can't talk long. I need to poo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought
2: that was great. See, I every must... now and then, the,
0: it's only because it's Fred Durst's dialogue coming out of John Travolta's mouth that <laughs> yeah. it's funny. If Fred Durst said that, you wouldn't laugh No. because this character says it. It's it's funny. Every, and and, every, and when uh, Moose falls over or it gets hurt, he always says out loud, am I okay? Am I yeah. okay? Am I okay? It's like a sort of Rain Man type yeah, thing. Type yeah. So yeah, there were some fun bits in it. It wasn't actually as bad as I was expecting. Or as good as I was expecting. It was more just sort of in the middle. But mm. That's The Fanatic. Uh, so next on the list is Rambo Last Blood. The fifth installment in the Rambo franchise. And you would think the last. It kind of takes the Rambo franchise in quite a different, different direction, I would say. He doesn't actually go to war in this one no. in, a, in a foreign country. He stays in America uh, on his sort of uh, farm, which has got to be in like... Texas or New Mexico or something he can yeah. see the wall between Mexico from his house you would have him you would have him believe and um, he has adopted a Mexican girl and her gran or something yeah. like he now <laughs> lives with an adopted family because he's got none of his own and she wants to go find their real dad so she goes down to Mexico inevitably gets kidnapped and sold into uh, prostitution and human trafficking pretty heavy stuff yeah I was quite surprised she dies quite early on in the film. I was like, yeah. shit, I thought she would make it back. and then, But then obviously Rambo goes down to, to try and rescue her and get his revenge. But what I also like about this film, and Liam, you told me this because you saw this in the cinema, is that the Home Alone um, influences, maybe not influences, but the, <laughs> the, the, the coincidences. Really, this film is like half Narcos, half Home Alone, because... On John Rambo's farm, he has created all of these Vietnam Coochie-style tunnels which have all these booby traps, like miles of it underneath. I thought (laughs) that was really cool. (laughs) And when you saw him setting them up at the beginning of the film, you're like, oh, (laughs) this is going to kick off at some point. I can't wait for this to kick off. So, I think we were all pretty um, surprised to see this on the list, other than just Stallone being a bit of a punching bag for the Razzies. I think we all either wanted to see this when it came out, or did, uh, and enjoyed it. Case Liam, you saw this a little while before uh, we would. have what, what did you think of Rambo? And were you surprised, uh, you know, afterwards to see it pop up on the nominees list?
2: Yeah, obviously it's not, it's not a great film, but I definitely wouldn't put it in the, the five worst films of the year by far. And you've seen a lot of them. Yeah, I did really like the the Home Alone star because it's not something you see from, uh, like the Rambo character much. Yeah. Instead of going somewhere to fight, it was like letting people come to him and it's setting up all these booby traps, and it was. Yeah. It's pretty damn violent as well so it wasn't oh it was super violent yeah. Yeah. I mean I think me, mark we've talked
0: before about the last Rambo film in 2008 yeah. being one of the most insane graphic yeah. films ever mm. and this this is up there too yeah yeah it's not it's not quite as bad but um, all good um but you know early on he he, <laughs> he rips a guy's like collarbone out of his out of his shoulder and like threatens to snap it off. Yeah,
1: that's there's crazy. just people
0: obviously getting like shot in the face, it's all sorts of insanity. It's pretty in keeping with the with the Rambo franchise, I think. I know Mark you're you're a bigger fan of Rocky, but you've you've seen a lot of the Rambos as well.
1: Yeah. Uh
0: how do you feel this fits in with the the Rambo franchise? He's not got the long hair and he doesn't go to war.
1: Yeah. Well, I've not <laughs> actually seen the second and third Rambo. Oh, I've, you've just seen the first. I've one. seen First Blood and I've seen John just Bambo. rambo or john rambo yeah yeah it. it was strange that it, he didn't go to war um he's but, pretty old <laughs> yeah I he's mean, not eligible anymore <laughs> yeah it really wasn't that bad i mean it wasn't like the best action thriller you've ever seen but yeah. hard to believe it's uh, nominated for Razzie. yeah it does fall down in the fact that there are parts of the story are very generic and yeah. like yeah she just goes away suddenly she's trafficked and then she's dead and just a reason to kill some of it goes a bit faster than it should the revenge element of it is once, pretty once insane. that gets going you're yeah. Like, here go. yeah, right, yeah here we go right here we go this is the part of the film that's really <laughs> yeah don't fuck about too long you know get get to the killing the best part of the film was probably all the kills in the tunnels with all the traps yeah, and stuff that yeah. was really cool it was all
0: people getting their face sliced in half and like yeah. shot in the head and yeah, getting impaled on
1: spikes and stuff. Yeah,
0: like. lots of that. I thought it was cool to still keep the Vietnam element in there, but now it's like he's using what he's learned in the, in the horrors of Vietnam to defend himself against like these savage uh, Mexican characters. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's obviously written, uh, written by Sylvester Stallone, directed by Adrian Grunberg, who has only ever done uh, another cheesy exploitation film called How I Spent My Summer Vacation, mm. also known as Get the Gringo. I don't know if you've seen that. It's, got, it's one of Mel Gibson's uh, comeback films. Oh. It was in development hell for 10 years, straight after The Last Rambo came out. Oh, right. Um, yeah, so after that one came out, he was like, yeah, I think we could do another one. And then basically every time he was, he was asked about twice a year since then. And every time he was asked, he'd give a different answer. Oh no! It's Ram- not going to be another Rambo film. Oh no! There definitely is. No, it's not. Yes, there is. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Is it going to be a prequel? Is it going to be someone else playing the character? No. Oh, yeah, it will. Oh, no! No, it'll definitely be me again. Oh, he looks pretty old in this film. Like, yeah. I don't. I can't see him playing this character again. He must be like he looked leathery and. Is he in his seventies or? He's got yeah. He's put. He's pushing eighty probably. Him, him and Arnie are both mid seventies. Uh, yeah. Anyways. You can't see them doing these roles much mm-hmm. longer. I liked one of the uh, quotes, um, I think it was on uh, on the Wikipedia, it mentioned that it drew a lot of the controversy for its depiction of uh, Mexican culture yeah. being largely negative and uh, drug and that. prostitution and mobs yeah. and all that sort of stuff. It's an exploitation yeah. film. It wants you to get annoyed and upset. Yeah.
1: That's the whole point. Like It's meant to rile you up. They're not saying this is definitely how all yeah. of Mexico is. This is just yeah. like... Well,
0: I mean, what would this be this? is us just fucking around. With it, like. <laughs> what would be the sense in showing a fucking luxury hotel resort or something? Yeah. Like that's not that's not the world of Rambo, is it? No. Uh, yeah, I really like this one. I I was surprised to see it on the list. I wanted to see it last year anyway. Somehow, Stallone is still like a real badass as his character. It still yeah. works. Like every time he does another one, you're like, oh, it's not going to work. He's too old. And then I have my mind changed, and I see him ripping people's fucking throats out and all this yeah. sort of shit. And I'm like, no, this guy's still, like, fucking terrifying. And I like that they still kept the idea of the original one in that that he's not a hero at all. He's, like, a seriously PTSD-type person. And yeah. there are bits in this where I think there's a quote his, his adopted daughter says, oh, you've changed, you're a good person. And he says, no, I, I just managed to keep a lid on it every day. Yeah, and yeah. they bring that quote back through the film in, like, flashback. And you're like, mm-hmm. he's still not okay like, he's still fucked up from the Vietnam War 40 years, 50 years beforehand, and he's still capable of horrific things that yeah. do not make him a hero, and he shouldn't be the hero. Um, and I like that. And there's lots of callbacks to the old films. Like, he says, um, he shouts, How is it done? How is it done to someone, which is like a playoff of uh, Nothing is over, nothing! Yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that. So, and yeah, everybody's dead. Everybody! And like, they bring back quotes and twist them a little bit. Mm. Most interesting bit of trivia I found in this film. Now, you may you may recall the big finale in this film when he kills the, the head of the Mexican drug uh, gang is quite astoundingly, <laughs> he punches him in the chest, rips his heart out and holds oh, it in God. front of his face, <laughs> which is something you would see in fucking um, Mortal Kombat, yeah. I thought at the time. Then I looked up the trivia and I read that the original plan was to do that, but also do, with the other brother, rip his head off and pull his spine out of his body <laughs> <laughs> which is an actual thing that happens in mortal combat yeah. so we've reviewed mortal combat on the show before that didn't happen in that film <laughs> i can't really see it happening in any film um not even like saw or something like that so imagine that it's fucking rambo ripping someone's spine out yeah here it is rambo last blood a quite enjoyable film super violent and graphic I guess some people don't like that, which is why it got put in here. And uh, people are cynical of a you know the fifth sequel to a film that came out in 1979, 1980. Yeah, it's probably dragging on a bit. I don't want to see another film from this franchise. I think this wraps it up pretty neatly. Next film we're going to talk about is Madea Family Funeral. This is the latest in a series of films um, written directed by and starring someone called Tyler Perry. Now, I know this guy is pretty infamous in bad movie circles, but I hadn't seen any of his films before. No. Uh, I'd only seen pictures of this Medea character. Hmm. Do you guys know what number in this series that this film is? The Medea? This is the final one, by the way. Oh, I thought
1: it was like the second one. <laughs> no, this is the
0: Medea family funeral. Does anyone know what number in the series is this? It's probably it? like sixth. This is the final and 11th movie. I'd not even really heard of it before. (laughs) I mean, he's been plugging away here for quite a while. Starting in 2005, where he debuted this character, he wrote direct and starred in Diary of a Mad Black Woman, Medea's Family Reunion... Meet the Browns Madea Goes to Jail I Can Do Bad All By Myself Madea's Big Happy Family Madea's Witness Protection A Madea Christmas Boo A Madea Halloween Boo Too A Madea Halloween And then finally A Madea Family Funeral Yeah. He said he was going to wrap up the franchise here because he didn't think the character had anything left to say <laughs> What do you guys think this character had to say? <laughs>
1: We've rinsed this character dry <laughs>
0: I don't think <laughs> this character should have
2: said anything.
1: <laughs> really.
0: I mean it's worth noting he doesn't just portray this character. He does I think he must have just seen a nutty professor and thought, What a great idea. <laughs> huh? I mean Eddie Murphy's not much funnier, but mm-hmm. but the nutty professor was quite funny and quite a big hit. Yeah. And so his, this this guy's taken on this approach and he portrays uh, the Medea, the basically the hard granny character. Uh, Heathrow which is this sort of guy in a wheelchair with a voice box um another dirty old man several characters had you guys seen any of these films before or this no. character and and what was your uh introduction to this character in that case
1: this was my yeah my introduction to this character I wasn't really familiar with this yeah I probably came across maybe I'd come across it and just chosen to ignore it immediately I don't yeah. know but this film was awful it's, it's absolutely terrible it's painfully unfunny like not even i couldn't even really laugh at it in an ironic way it was just oh like, some of the scenes went on for way too long oh, there's no, a bit yeah. that they got stopped by the police <laughs> oh my god it went on for about 20 minutes it was insane
0: it was just like okay he's gonna come to the window in a minute just make sure you're cool yeah i am gonna be fine yeah yeah well, he's going to come in a minute. Yeah, well, I know, well, I will. And it'll go round the car. Every character yeah. will have a dialogue and it'll come back. Policeman's going to come to... Well, just fucking hurry up then. Yeah. If a policeman's going to come
1: through the window, just fucking do it. What, what's with all the fucking run around? All of the characters were annoying. <laughs> <laughs> the, the plot was almost, almost non-existent and then it kind of came together. there was a funeral. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which you'd expect. The guy's guy, uh, brother was cheating on,
0: like, yeah, yeah like his, yeah,
1: there was a cheating thing, and it got exposed by the fact that the the old guy died while having sex with the woman in the room next door in the yeah. hotel. That was the plot, which was stupid, and it got dragged out so ridiculously. <laughs> Um, yes. Oh, it was just terrible. It was oh. so bad. I, d- I can't believe this script got past like, anyone. But the thing is, this is a Tyler Perry production. He's yeah. got his own he film studio. Yeah, he can't stop anything.
0: No like, one can stop him. No. He just needs to find someone that can distribute it, and yeah. they will, because these films
1: are hugely successful. And he'll pay the actors to do whatever.
0: Like... Tyler Perry was voted, uh, or not voted, Tyler Perry was the highest paid man in entertainment in 2011. In what? entertainment, that's film, TV, anything, oh he made God. the most money. So he's actually a millionaire. That's from, so depressing. The, <laughs> not only has he become a millionaire from these films, he's been allowed to make as many as he fucking wants oh. with the money he's made from these films. Jesus. Oh, Liam, what did you think of a Medea family funeral? I...
2: Fucking hated this. Film. <laughs> I knew from the moment I saw it and what it was, I would absolutely hate it. I saved this till last because I couldn't put myself through anything else after this. <laughs> but what Mark said was true. It was about ten minutes of story, drawn out into an hour and a half with pointless comedy skits that weren't funny. And oh, some of the characters. There was one woman not played by Tyler Perry that Hattie character <laughs> to narrow it down <laughs> the, really short, the, like, right? the short yeah. Yeah, really short yeah oh god and, like, yeah, I god. swear god. I had to pause Listen. every time she started talking because it, it grated in my brain she grated in a spot so much I couldn't <laughs> like, I've never felt before
0: <laughs> would you believe me if I told you that this entire film was shot in under a week yes yeah. <laughs> yeah two days maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe that includes editing <laughs> Well, what a glowing review! I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be a devil's advocate here. I actually didn't hate it as much as I thought I really? would. Really? Yeah. Wow. I was very much prepared for this to be the Holmes and Watson of this year. However, what I thought was the parts that were meant to be comedy definitely were not funny, and they were definitely shit. But I was conflicted about this film because what it was was a scene that was meant to be comedy and was just shit and not funny. But then they would have, like, this actual drama stuff. So there would be entire scenes where nothing funny happened. But I found myself becoming almost invested in the characters. Like you say, there was a guy that was cheating on his wife with his brother's girlfriend. The mum was actually quite... The mum had this whole monologue about, yeah, well, my husband cheated on me for years, but I just got on with it, which is a terrible um, lesson. But um, I thought that monologue was delivered quite well. So I thought in amongst the Tyler Perry characters, there might have been some good actors here that yeah. can do some good drama. And maybe he can write and direct drama. Like, some of... like The 11 films I've just reeled off, they're mostly comedies. But he's done about another 15 <laughs> under his studios that actually some of them are dramas or mm. psychological thrillers. And I wonder if maybe he's just fucking awful at comedy. And if he's stuck to maybe straight-ahead drama, he could maybe do something good. Like as a film, it was really well put together. Yeah. Like just some of the scenes. Good, it, I it lost myself really... in some of the scenes like where the... Um, the angry husband was, you know, his his wife was um, trying to talk to him and he's like, I don't want to talk about it, you know. He would keep saying, look, my daddy just died, which was meant to be a funny line, but he was actually deflecting that the relationship was failing and and like you say that when the mum had a big monologue about, you know, sometimes you just got to pull your socks up and get on with it. Like, I really forgot. I forgot I was watching a shit film and I forgot I was watching a Madea film because the character wasn't in those scenes. I thought, this maybe could be in a better movie. Yeah. So while it is unfunny, although I laughed more at this than I did at Holmes and Watson, i got to say, some of the jokes I did laugh at, they were mainly... There the, were a um,
1: couple that were like...
0: It was mostly the old guy with the grey hair and the yeah, glasses yeah. <laughs> doing really basic dirty old man jokes, but mm. they popped me a few times I did laugh. So on the whole, I laughed maybe 10% more than Holmes and Watson, and there were some drama scenes in this which I thought were actually well done, so... I'm not sure if this is the worst film of the bunch. Obviously, we're going to get to that. <laughs> now, Liam, you may uh, have spotted also former WWE superstar, and I use that in the most loose terms imaginable, Star. um, <laughs> commentator, uh, David Otunga, who was the very muscular uh, black man. Oh, like this, yeah. um, Married to Jennifer Hudson, who we just got done watching in Cats. Oh, yeah. So a Razzie-nominated couple. Yeah. How, how nice. I I don't think he should give up his day job, but then he's terrible at wrestling as well. So I don't know
2: what what there is for him. I want to point him out on the poster as well, because he plays like quite a a soft-spoken guy in a polo shirt. On the poster, he's wearing a do-rag and waving his shirt above his head.
0: That's a good point. When did that ever happen? So um, I agree, actually. When I saw the poster for this, I thought, hang on, I recognise him. And and also, okay, that's going to be like a stripper character, like a Chippendale that didn't happen he didn't do anything in this movie no he didn't he was just married to someone yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) that is Medea family funeral the uh, the final installment uh, allegedly uh, from Tyler Perry in that in that franchise but he's done very well for it and I sort of have a a strange begrudging admiration and respect for him because he's almost like a uh, a Tommy Wiseau or a y- Yui Bowl or a Ed Wood that's actually done really well out of making shit movies like, yeah whether he knows it or not he's he's become the most rich man in Hollywood at least at one point from making god-awful films yeah and not many people can say that so Michael Bay <laughs> <laughs> okay touche um so there he is Tyler Perry's carved out his own little niche here and um yeah, it's shockingly, the first time we've talked about this character, and um, well, he threatens it will be the last time. So that brings us to our final film, which we have just watched this very evening. Should be fresh in all our memories. Uh, Cats from last year, the adaptation of the uh, very popular musical uh, by Andrew Lloyd Webber. This is the uh, somewhat live action, somewhat not live action, somewhat animated uh, adaptation uh, made headlines across the world last year for having one of the most overwhelmingly negative responses to a trailer in the history of movie trailers Mm. stemming largely from the visual effects of the movie visual effects in this movie were also done by the people that did the sonic the hedgehog movie Mm. now this movie like sonic the hedgehog movie once it received its negative response they immediately started to try and work on the visual effects, which is something that we haven't really seen ever before. And it's a weird time where we're at now where people can do that. This is the only film that I'm aware of ever that has been released into the cinemas and then has then re-released another version of it a couple of days afterwards and told all the cinemas, no, use this one instead. Hmm. Because they made such basic and horrendous mistakes with the visual effects yeah. that they wanted to fix them. And we saw this right at the end, Judy Dench... <laughs> playing the old cat has clearly got an un vfx hand with a wedding ring on <laughs> uh, visible in all of that last scene now how the fuck do these people mess up so bad that they did not catch that they, she's wearing a wedding ring and yeah. she's meant to be a cat <laughs> so an unprecedented move in, in cinema history they they fixed it in post after the film was released into cinemas so Crazy. bow to the pressure of the internet a dangerous precedent which we, which we'll talk about but the question is, what makes this film bad? It is bad. We can see that. Anyone can see that. Is it the visual effects? Is it the plot? Is it the performances? The singing? Jellicle, Jellicle. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's it's pretty common, I think, in most musicals for there to be a musical number and then a couple of scenes of talking, where you you know establish plot, characters, motivations, all these sorts of things. This there was no let up in this film, no. it was song, 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 yeah. and not only was that repetitive, but the songs were repetitive Jellicle Cat and Majellicle Cat, were cats and magellicals. we were Jellicle Cats
2: that, that was Awful. about four minutes yeah. Like
0: Liam, what do you think makes this film
2: terrible? I, I don't feel like I've watched a film I feel like I've just, I've sat and experienced something on a screen <laughs> but I just felt like uh, there was no Story running through it. It was just introducing characters every five minutes that didn't link together and there was a really weak like five minutes worth of story that was just dragged out for two hours.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think at certain points we kept asking each other, you know, um, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? (laughs) Um, And we still don't really know. I mean, there was some sort of election, uh, much like the Pope would be elected. You can become the chosen Jellicle cat and um, you will then go to heaven or something or you'd be floated off in a balloon uh, it wasn't quite um, clear this has been in development hell since the early 90s basically what? when is... as soon as the, the the stage musical became popular they talked about ways to do this now obviously in the stage production they're all wearing practical uh, costumes and mm. and if you actually look at the pictures of those people in the early 90s it looks better than what we got here <laughs> this is undoubtedly some of the worst visual effects ever mummy returns Catwoman, ironically all need to maybe not step down but certainly make some room because hmm. this is a film made in 2019 that had some of the worst visual effects you could ever hope to see and it's the decision of melding uh, cgi with live action but not even that's an excuse because you look at the most recent planet of the apes films and they're amazing they look like apes you never question that you're not watching an ape you never think you're watching a human hmm. I mean, maybe those guys didn't want to do this film, but if the same guys that did that did this, I mean, it would have been a lot better. Yeah. Um, I mean, I knew we were in trouble when I saw um, the poster for this one. So your big names, right at the top, James Corden. <laughs>
1: I didn't know until we watched it. Was it, was like, a, oh it was a God. horrible,
0: uh, cruel joke for you. Yeah. Um, your big names in this one are James Corden, Jason Derulo, Idris Elba... Jennifer Hudson, Judy Dench, Ian McKellen, Taylor Swift, Rebel Wilson. Uh, two problems you have here. James Corden and Rebel Wilson were supposed to be the comic relief. Two of the least funny people yeah. in all of film. Yeah. They are doing the, very much the Melissa McCarthy performance who is not present this year in our <laughs> discussions. The I'm fat and I'm loud Get used to it. <laughs> I've um, fallen over. I like, yeah. <laughs> get up. <laughs> it's that com- comic relief. Um, not only were they bad at doing that, obviously they couldn't sing at all. Judy Dench and Ian McKellen, yeah, they're not bad actors. They're Oscar winners, Oscar nominated. They couldn't sing at all. If you look at a Venn diagram of people in this film who couldn't act and couldn't sing, <laughs> there's, there's quite a few people in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, what did you guys think of the cast of this film? Who who was good, who
2: wasn't good, and, and who maybe surprised you? I think the only person that <laughs> didn't make me cringe was Taylor Swift.
1: Like,
2: <laughs> it was no, the no. only scene where I was like, okay, this but is fine. To be fair, in a film with no dialogue, you just have to sing if you can sing. <laughs> I guess so. you're probably all right, aren't you? You know. I also watched an interview with Jason Derulo where he said. <laughs> he studied the movement of cats for weeks to try give a believable (laughs) performance i'm not sure we saw the uh the end of that that experiment he did i mean yeah
0: people joked when this trailer came out that it um it it made it look like uh, the the most terrifying horror film of the year (laughs) rather than it chapter two which was coming out around the same time the effects are terrifying like <laughs> people's faces don't fit on the bodies of the cats they don't move at the same time as the heads. No. or if they do it's just like you remember like really old video games and you had to create a skater or create a wrestler and it's some of those games where you could maybe get a photo and it would scan your face yeah. onto Tony Hawk's character yeah. it was or like Goldeneye it was that kind of super imposed yeah. uh, nonsense and it's just inexcusable in 2019 I felt sorry for
1: Judy Dench like she's so much oh, better i don't often say that <laughs> <laughs> like i just felt like you could do a lot better than this and ian mckellen that part it was what did he unnecessary. even say <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. did you, did you he was what? like on he was on a ship and the camera cut to him close up and he just sort of went <laughs> yeah uh, um, ray winston was there as well oh, um,
1: yeah yeah the cast is just Bizarre. I mean, I did
0: appreciate um, that that James Corden and Rebel Wilson were pretty early on in the film kidnapped and tied up to a, a ship in the Thames and were not revisited much after yeah. that. So I was like, thank God for that, um, if there's something that, that makes it more bearable. I just
1: echo what Liam said about there was just no story. It was just constant songs. It was just song <laughs> after song. And the songs didn't, most of the songs didn't really mean anything. Like, they were just very repetitive <sighs> Lots of gibberish in the songs. Yeah, you know, I was just... like I'm a
0: majical cat, I'm a majical cat, and then <clears throat> oh, there's a character coming in now. Uh, what's what's his name? Oh, Tinkle the railway cat, or something like that. Yeah. Okay, so now we'll repeat this phrase for two minutes. Uh, yeah. So so audiences like no, you establish the character by just fucking beating someone over the head with it in in yeah. in, in a certain. Uh,
2: so <laughs> well, then ton. do nothing with the character. You <laughs> just move on. We one. spend four minutes <laughs> <laughs> saying his name, and we never see him again. <laughs>
1: That is true. I mean, I hate uh, musicals anyway. So yeah, same. probably not. We're probably all prejudiced towards this. But as a, as a this is not. A, no one would agree that this is a good musical. Oh, I so. don't know. <laughs> what,
0: what would a fan of the of the Cat Stage Show think of this? I, I, I don't Fido know. There
2: they can't be. Wow. Well, without well, that's no.
0: weird. It's a very successful uh, f- uh, play. It's been going for you know um, nearly thirty years. So there must be fans out there. Um, if you're one of them, um, please let us know what did you think of the, uh, the long-awaited big screen version of cats, your favorite musical potentially. But like I say none of us are fans of musicals. They're, all, they're already ridiculous in as much as people are singing the plot to a film. Yeah. That's ridiculous. But it's when bad when you are a poorly rendered cat, you know you've seen those memes of um, medieval cats. Cats painted by someone that's never seen a cat. You know, that's what these things look like. They yeah. didn't look like cats. The mice were even fucking worse. Yeah. These little kids superimposed on tiny little mice. Oh,
1: um,
0: why did you even need people's faces? Why not just do an animated thing?
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, I guess it's Disney's fault, isn't it? Because they're redoing all their animated films live action. But I mean, would this have been so bad if they just had animated cat faces? You know, would that have been terrible? Oh, you can't see who the actor is. Well, who cares? Like loads of animated films. They're just voiced by famous people. You don't have to see the mm-hmm. famous person's face. So yeah, yeah. Bizarre, really bizarre film, really confusing.
1: So the funniest part is when your cat made me jump. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, yeah. During uh, <laughs> oh, that's another thing we should mention. Jennifer Hudson. We mentioned her a minute ago. Oscar winner Jennifer Hudson was tasked with singing the most famous uh, song in the film. I think it's called Mem- Memories or something like that. And the kind of faces she pulls during this song are indescribable uh, if that's her real face or if that's been augmented somehow but the way that that sat with the cat face she was doing what she thought was a tear-jerking emotional performance meant to be the emotional peak of the film we are pissing ourselves laughing and then shortly afterwards my cat emerged from the curtains and gave Mark the fright of his life so my cat was better than anyone in this film at at being a cat so there you go cats from last year what a piece of shit (laughs) So that's the five worst picture nominees from 2019. I think it's worth noting the Razzie nominations this year were announced on the 7th of February. Sonic the Hedgehog was released on the 14th of February and Do the the uh, terrible uh, Robert Downey Jr. film on the 7th of February. Apparently Sonic's not that bad. It's no.
2: not. Have you seen it? I've seen it. Yes, yeah. oh. it's, it's not terrible. It's just a pre-standards like <laughs> Uh, live action cartoon mix do you Actually, think that these films oh,
0: and also uh, Glenn Danzig's Verotica getting called the uh, the room of horror movies oh, really? um, <laughs> do you think all these films deliberately released after the Razzie nominations and do you think we'll be talking about them this time next year I mean we, you only in Sonic so it's hard to tell but what what do you think it might have been a tactical thing um, what do you know? I mean, why not
1: wait a week and? I mean, Vazis are sometimes good publicism, really. <laughs> I mean, kind of, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if I would have come across Smidya family funeral otherwise. <laughs> true, um, yeah, true. Yeah, perhaps we'll see them next year. Maybe
0: they'll I be on so. there. We, I mean, we've been looking forward to Sonic for a while, not not enough to actually pay to see it. <laughs> That's Liam's job. But um, I'm it's sure not I'll bad know.
2: enough to be funny, so well. don't don't
0: worry about it. Can we, can we read about that on What a Ranker? Can indeed. Well, there you go. Go to What what a Ranker, that's ranker with an R, on Instagram, and uh, find out Liam's full thoughts on Sonic the Hedgehog. But now we get to our official predictions for the Razzie Awards, which, as I say, is coming up this Saturday, uh, or tonight, if you're listening to this uh, after it's just been released. So we're going to let you know uh, what we think will and should win the awards in each respective category. Um, me and Mark have only watched these five films from 2019 but Liam has watched many more than that so Liam can be the wild card and he can tell us if maybe there's a worse performance, a worse script out there than the five we've just watched but um, I think largely we'll be sticking to the (laughs) list so out of the five films we've just watched, that's Cats the Fanatic The Haunting of Sharon Tate A Medea Family Funeral and Rambo Last Blood, Mark which do you think is the worst picture and should pick up the Razzie for worst picture? What should,
1: <laughs> going to be Medea family funeral? Just <laughs> if you were in charge. Actually, no. I don't know. No. Oh, Okay. Um, I did think that until tonight. Okay. Yeah. So it, it, it's actually it, it's I'm going to s- say cats, and I think it will because I think they'll focus probably be more concerned with cats than yeah Medea. Anyway. Got a lot of the attention. Yeah. So I'm going to go with cats.
2: Liam, uh, I still think Medea family funeral. Oh, was, oh. It was the one that that got under my skin the most out of all of them. I found a little bit of enjoyment in all of them, apart from that one. Okay. But I do think Cats will win, just because it's a lot more visceral, I think. I think it's easier to latch onto that being just mad and terrible. It's more notorious, yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say I also found a little bit to like in all of them. Even The Haunting of Sharon Tate, very tiny. Apart from Cats, I couldn't find anything to like about Cats. It's just wretched it's the worst kind of musical it's the musical that never ends and they don't ever stop singing and the songs are repetitive and there are many points in the film where we all thought we were losing our minds (laughs) like Are you watching this? They've just been saying Jellical for two minutes, right? It's not just me. Have you zoned out as well? Thank God for that. I'm not just fucking going insane. I'm about to fucking go on a uh, Rambo-type rampage, (laughs) smashing (laughs) smashing my cats up. Um, So I think, yeah, I think cats should get the Mary Bale treatment. I think they should stick it right in the fucking bin. It is the worst picture of 2019, and I think it should win that award. So there are many other categories here. Uh, that extend beyond these films. Like I say, me and Mark can only uh, say what we've seen. So, uh, nominations for Worst Actor. We have James Franco in Zeroville. I have no idea what that is. David Harbour in the Hellboy reboot. Matthew McConaughey in Serenity. I have no idea what that is. Sylvester Stallone in Rambo Last Blood, which we've discussed. And John Travolta in two films, The Fanatic, which we've discussed, and something called Trading Paint, Mark, since you have only seen uh, two of these films here, worst actor, Sylvester Stallone in Rambo or John Travolta in The Fanatic?
1: I mean, I think Sly is always cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think Travolta, Like, I think he did okay with the part he was trying yeah. to play, but I still think it didn't really uh, come off uh, uh, quite as he'd hoped. <laughs> I wonder what he did hope. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what he hoped, but
0: I'm going to have to choose John Travolta out of those two. I, uh, two. Uh, Liam, would you choose Sylvester Stallone or John Travolta, or have you seen these other three films, and could you speak to the performances of those people?
2: Yeah, I've seen Hellboy and Serenity. Okay, I think Hellboy was a terrible movie, but I don't think the acting was the problem in that movie just another CGI fest right uh, yeah absolutely it yeah. just did the best they could of what they were given what is serenity serenity is it's so hard to explain it's just a weird trippy sci-fi film okay but Matthew McConaughey does give the most phoned-in performance I've ever seen him alive <laughs> okay so he yeah he'd probably take that one for me
0: so he's worse than Sylvester Stallone and John
2: Travolta it, yes in that movie definitely okay. it's the most just stereotypical McConaughey performance you can imagine right. I mean he's a guy that's done quite well
0: in recent years I'm sure he's won or been nominated for an Oscar, but he still, he still seems to crop up in these things repeatedly, so yeah. he's got that kind of Nick and Cage. He's in
2: my, my favourite movie this year so far is uh, The Gentleman, which he stars in, which I think he was amazing in, so uh, it's a very hit and miss.
0: Yeah, like Nick Cage, I think he just takes anything he's given, and sometimes that's good, sometimes it's bad. <laughs> so I'm going to have to begrudgingly agree with you, Mark, uh, John Travolta and The Fanatic, only because Stallone playing Rambo, I mean, he can't really go wrong. No. How, how can you act that character badly you're just punching people and ripping yeah. out their, their hearts and you can't really do it wrong no and uh, he actually got some cool dialogue which was delivered well you know yeah how's it done <laughs> so yeah i thought he did a particularly good job portraying that character in, in his oap years you know yeah. uh, rambo ap um john travolta's um eccentric performance in the fanatic i think can say that that will will win out of those worst Actress. We have Hilary Duff as the title character in The Haunting of Sharon Tate. Anne Hathaway in The Hustle and Serenity, again. Francesca Haywood. <laughs> if you don't know, that was the very main character in Cats. Uh, Tyler Perry as Madea in a *Madea Family Funeral or Rebel Wilson in The Hustle. Not in Cats, actually. Mark, that's a three options for you. Hilary Duff, hmm. Francesca Haywood, if you could even <laughs> remember who she was. Or Tyler Perry as specifically Medea.
1: Well, I don't think Francesca Hayward was memorable <laughs> enough for me to think that no. her acting was bad. So I couldn't
0: even tell you which one she was. Yeah, directly.
1: I mean, I hated Medea, <clears throat> but I feel like Hilary Duff just <laughs> did not pull off Sharon Tate. Not that I really know that much about Sharon Tate.
0: Here's a better question: <laughs> Do you think Hilary Duff is a bad actress? Or do you think she was playing Sharon Tate, who was maybe a bad actress? I think
1: the former. <laughs> <laughs> if she
0: was clever, she would say she was portraying Sharon Tate and, yeah. dr- and throw her under the bus and say, well, she she wasn't a very good actor, so I didn't do a much better job.
1: I mean, I think Tyler Perry is pretty insufferable in parts of it. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> but, his signature um, character, then. Yeah, but that's how that's what he wanted to do. Um, Being portrayed as it should, yeah, <laughs> as much as you might not like <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to go with I think. Anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Liam, have you seen? Uh, well, you've
2: seen Serenity. Have you seen The Hustle? Yeah, I've seen all of these again. You've seen all of them.
0: Okay, so who who would you say uh, deserves this raz?
2: I definitely don't think Anne Hathaway should be in there for for either of those mm-hmm. movies. She was mm-hmm. okay in all of them tyler perry i really want to say but it specifically says as medea which i don't yeah. think was you have anywhere be... near the worst character you Man, have maybe. to stick to medea for the moment so i'm gonna have to go with hillary duff as well
0: hillary duff also okay yeah i have to echo what what mark said couldn't really point out francesca haywood in a lineup uh, <laughs> mainly because she was uh, a cat but i mean if someone's singing the whole film can you really say they're acting badly yeah. I mean, how, how can that be you know <laughs> Um, and like you say Tyler Perry he, he may be insufferable but Madea is is how it should be that's how, how it's meant to be yeah. so uh, yeah Hilary Duff just giving a completely bland um, performance uh, emotionless for someone who was um, terrified that she was going to be murdered I didn't really buy it no she was terrible <laughs> and so yeah Hilary Duff I'm also really annoyed that uh, because she was pregnant in the film no one said that she was up the Duff <laughs> I didn't
2: even think of that. It's amazing. I like that Tyler Perry's in the worst actress category as well. Well, stay tuned. <laughs>
0: uh, worst supporting actress. Um, so we have Jessica Chastain in something called Dark Phoenix. Cassie Davis in a Madea family funeral. Um, I can pull up a...
1: Yeah, who's that? If you <laughs> like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Judy Dench in Cats. Vanessa Pineda in Rambo First Blood. I assume that's the, uh, the the young girl. Or Rebel Wilson in Cats. So let's just have a quick look here. So Rambo Last Blood. Uh, so we've been able to find Vanessa Pineda on the cast list IMDb for Rambo. We had to control effort because she was near the bottom. She plays <clears throat> the uh, sort of um, rough gangster character um, briefly glimpsed plays a character called Giselle. I mean, I'd completely forgotten who she was and mm. what she did in the film, so it's a strange. Um, I don't know why she would be a supporting actress. And then in the Medea family funeral, we're looking for Cassie Davis. Oh, God. <laughs> she plays the short grandma oh, with Jesus. the beehive that haircut. Right. The wrong one is nominated there. Uh, yeah, I agree, I agree. Clears <laughs> that up. thank you IMDB <laughs> um, so now that we've found out who
1: these people are Mark um, who would you say is the worst supporting actress I mean Judi Dench didn't have a huge part until the end until later on and she was just singing and, the, there and was she wasn't very talking. good at singing yeah
0: but that's not the category <laughs> I don't think that category um, exists that character in a
1: Medea family funeral is annoying yeah but that's not the so- same as the Supposed to be annoying, there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. it's not the same as being, the actress being bad. <laughs> no, if that's the intention. Rebel um, <laughs> Wilson and Cats. Rebel yeah.
0: Wilson was the, uh, the the fat and funny cat oh, uh, yeah. that takes her skin off and reveals a
1: waistcoat underneath. And... That was just stupid. That wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably just go with Vanessa Pineda, whoever she is. You can't remember it. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good point. Just for being unmemorable. <laughs> Actually,
0: it does remind me of my favourite line from Rambo, which I forgot, which is when um, he asks her to point out a a gangster in a nightclub. And then she does so begrudgingly and then says, okay, are we cool? And he simply says, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) She just goes, oh. (laughs) So that's the only bit I remember her being in. Um... (laughs) <laughs> Liam, can you can you speak to Jessica Chastain's performance? What is Dark Phoenix?
2: Uh, Dark Phoenix was the X Men film oh, last right. year. And did she I, did she play? Um... She plays like an emotionless alien, so I'm not sure uh, how. Doesn't play the title character. No, not oh, at all. Okay. She's like the the main villain, but she's meant to be emotionless. Okay. So it's really hard to judge her acting because she would. It, it was but terrible on Chester. purpose. Yeah. So <laughs> we I would could that. all do that, couldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think the wrong person's nominated for Madea yeah, Family Yeah, you know. I agree. The one from Rambo, I, I don't feel like she did anything terribly mm. bad. Yeah. So, weirdly, I'm considering Judy Dench, which is weird for this category. But I have to say Rebel Wilson just because mm. she's just unsufferable in everything. Yeah. And not funny. Not funny at is all. the main
0: thing. I think I would tend to agree uh, with everything you said like I say, Vanessa Pineda um, not memorable enough but also didn't embarrass herself um, so got away pretty clean um, you know, Judy Dench was there to sing quite poorly if this was worse uh, singing um, Judy Dench would nail it because she was pretty bad but Rebel Wilson is, is unfunny in, in almost everything that she's in and um, didn't add anything to this film so I would agree Rebel Wilson in Cats should fuck off <laughs> as Rambo would say. Uh, here's an interesting uh, film creeping in here, a film I, I quite liked. Uh, worst supporting actor, we have uh, similarly James Corden in Cats, Rebel Wilson's uh, counterpart. I've uh, got some options here for you, Mark. Tyler Perry in a Medea family funeral as Joe, who I believe is the grey-haired, dirty old
1: man. Oh uh, yeah.
0: Uh, Tyler Perry in a Medea family funeral as Uncle Heathrow. This is the guy in the wheelchair with the voice box. Seth Rogen in Zeroville uh, or Bruce Willis in Glass?
1: James Corden. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I he him. beats two
0: different people from Madea Family Funeral.
1: Wow. Oh, I don't know. They were, <clears throat> obviously, it's a crap film and both of those characters are shoddy. Did um, you know
0: Uncle Heathrow was created exclusively for Madea Family Funeral? Really? He had not appeared in any
1: of the ten of the films. Uh. Even though James Corden wasn't in in it for very long, I'm just going to, out of pure bitterness of how much I dislike him, I'm just going to say him. Yeah, and he got top billing on the
0: poster, which is insane. Yeah. I hate that he's a huge star in America now. Yeah, Americans don't realise that we all hate James Corden and he's not considered very funny in this country, I think is uh, what you're getting at, Mark. But uh, Liam, also uh, Liam and Mark. Mark, have you seen Glass? Okay, Liam, have you seen Glass? Yeah. I quite like that film. Yep. Not necessarily because of Bruce Willis. I think James McAvoy is the proper actor in that film in that franchise. I'm a bit surprised to see that in there. Have you seen all of all of these films? And and can you tell me what what Seth Rogan's up to in Zeroville? I
2: haven't seen Zeroville, yeah. uh. so I've seen the rest. I'm not sure how Bruce Willis was supporting actor. Like who is the who's like, the main actor in that movie? James McAvoy and Samuel L. Jackson sort of a triple. Yeah, there was all it, three you know? of them. It was hard to say who was yeah. supporting. And he's not meant
0: to say much. He's not meant to do much as that character, is he? Really? He definitely wasn't to, bad. So he's meant to be hard. I don't see yeah. why he's here. So it's a toss up between the cats and a of family funeral. Then. Yeah,
2: well, yeah James Gordon. Yeah.
0: Yeah, James Corden is insufferable in anything he does. Worst screen combo. This category is always a bit of fun. I can see uh, James (laughs) Corden front and center in the image here. Um, The worst screen combo. Any two half-feline slash half-human hairballs in Cats. Jason Derulo and his CGI neutered bulge. (laughs) I'm not entirely sure what they're referring to. Um, Tyler Perry and Tyler Perry, brackets or Tyler Perry. Sy- Sylvester Stallone and his impotent rage, uh-huh. <laughs> or John Travolta in any screenplay he accepts. Ooh. Well, we've seen all of these films. Mm. <laughs> They're very uh, eccentric categories. What uh, What are you guys going to go for?
1: It takes a while to read them and understand them. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, they've hit the nail on the head for the last one. <laughs> <laughs> it's very close to the bone. <laughs> John Travolta's a good actor, and he's. Uh, Sometimes been yeah, <laughs> not so much <laughs> recently. <laughs> um, he's been put in a a film with a terrible uh, <clears throat> script, and exactly the same thing happened last year with Gotti. So I think that's on the money that one.
2: Liam, uh, even though we were trying not to throw Tyler Perry under the bus, I do feel any scene where he acts against himself <laughs> is, is so hard to watch. Yeah, but again, that's Dustin an easy option. I would say John Travolta as well. I just, I, it still mm. just blows my mind the scripts he takes and then half-asses it. But
0: I mean, this was Nicolas Cage a few years ago, you know, Yeah. Um, and probably will be a few years from now, you know. Um, If you take any screenplay you, you, you want, you're eventually going to do something good, maybe. I really feel like Cats should get it in the neck for their fucking visual effects. Mm. I mean, you mentioned the uh, the CGI bulge before we started watching the film. I still couldn't see it, so <laughs> maybe we watch the uh, the fixed version for Jason Drew yeah, I didn't really know, I know. that. Yeah, I'm gonna take it easy on John Travolta. I think he should accept any screenplay he's given because he's eventually gonna have a renaissance like Nicolas Cage uh, will. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go for Cats because the, the VFX is such a pivotal part of why that film is a failure. The decision to do half human, half feline CGI monstrosities is is just unforgivable. So I'm gonna go with any two half feline slash half human hairballs from Cats. Oh, it's a big one. Worst director There's <laughs> an image here which I don't remember from Cats, <laughs> the main character eating with an oversized uh, knife and fork. Did not did not spot that. Worst director: Fred Durst for the fanatic, James Franco Zeroville, Adrian Grunberg Rambo Last Blood, Tom Hooper Cats, or Neil Marshall Hellboy. This is direction only. Separate yourselves from scripts and uh, visual effects for this one, Mark. We've got f- three for you to choose from: there, *The Fanatic*,
1: *Rambo*, or *Cats* in terms of the direction. Mm. I don't think *Rambo* was that badly directed. *The Fanatic* and *Cats* are both pretty poor. I'm going to go with *The Fanatic*. The direction in *Cats* wouldn't have saved it anyway because of the songs. Just took up so yeah. much of it. I <clears> feel like no matter who directed it, it would still have those terrible cgi and terrible oh, yeah. songs that went I'm on forever Gotta feel like
0: the director's not responsible for the yeah. visual effects yeah and and the songs are just from the
1: stage play so yeah
0: he actually probably did the best he could which is so a shame for him
1: i'm gonna go with a fanatic
0: <laughs> liam i don't know if zeroville and hellboy gets uh gets a look in here for a worse direction or would you would you stick to the three we've uh, covered?
2: i think hellboy is a lot like cats where it's it's all CGI and and the directing doesn't play a massive role in yeah. in why it's bad. I actually think they missed the Sharon Tate movie off of this. I feel like that was yeah. the worst directed movie we watched of the five. Maybe, yeah. But I think in in a similar vein to that one, the the fanatic did seem really uh amateur. You could you <laughs> could feel it all the <laughs> well, way through. You could tell it was a guy that did music videos. Oh, absolutely. And, and his friend and did. And yeah. hadn't thought about <laughs> shots or anything. He was just holding the camera and go.
0: Yeah, much as I want to give cats another kick in. Uh, We'll go for a fred durst also the fanatic uh worst screenplay Ooh, the fanatic's not in this one. Wow. i think this is the wrong way around that's crazy i think sharon tate should have been in the worst director and the fanatic Easy. should have been in worst screenplay i think you're right uh worst screenplay cats tom hooper and lee hall so he director gets some of the writing blame the haunting of sharon tate daniel farans hellboy andrew cosby a medea family funeral tyler perry Rambo Last Blood, Sylvester Stallone along with Matthew Sirolnick. Mark, we've got uh, Sharon Tate Family Funeral or Rambo or Cats for
1: you to choose from. Rambo was fairly generic but I didn't think that that film was that bad so Cats is kind of similar to the last category where it's like mm. I don't really know how much of a screenplay there is because mm. there's just no dialogue. It's singing and, and Yeah. The songs are taken from the stage plays. So. Maybe you could say it's a bad screenplay because there's not enough Talking. screenplay <laughs> <laughs> it's a um, n- non-screenplay the two that stick out the most are the other two yeah because um, the haunting of Sharon Tate was just a poor screenplay um, with no <clears throat> depth to characters there wasn't enough about their kind of background or how they related to one another or anything mm. however Medea family funeral was just some of the scenes like that police what I said already about the police scene, and then, like <laughs> they They took the scenic route (laughs) drawn out and like some of the comedy was just absolutely most of the comedy was awful and like they just having conversations just went on and on and it wasn't funny when they started and it just kept going and I was like this dialogue is awful I feel like almost all of the dialogue that came out of Tyler
0: Perry's mouth whichever character he was doing was improvised
1: yeah and that everyone apart
0: from him had a script maybe but maybe a lot of the worst dialogue sounded like it was very improvised just him saying something sassy as Medea and then carrying on for 2 minutes longer than he should have maybe yeah. so again i'd like to know how much of a screenplay
1: you could say there was for Medea mm. um but yeah so yeah it's close between that and uh haunting of shawn yeah. but i think Medea takes it it's a two-horse
0: race,
2: I would probably say as well. Liam, are you, go, are you torn between those two as well? Yeah, I'm stuck between the two, but mm-hmm. I am leaning more towards The Haunting of Sharon Tate. Okay. I'm just... It's been, like, commonly joked about that the the worst thing you can do in screenplay is the. it was all a dream. Oh, and yeah. that happened about eight times. I <laughs> fell for it every no, time. That, that's a good point, yeah. That along with, like, all of the padding and all of the, the nonsense <laughs> about fate that didn't go anywhere... There was one line where they were talking about Fate and someone said, i like to think we can do anything we want, like we could rewrite our own screenplay. I we <laughs> I didn't probably should that. have. <laughs> That's a clanger.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's almost less of um, it was all a dream and more like, it's all going to be a dream because she was having like premonitions of what would happen and like you say every time you thought something was happening for real you're like oh oh and then she wakes up wake up in bed and then she wakes up again and then she wakes up again it's like when are we actually going to get to the events and <laughs> yeah. by the time we did I couldn't possibly care hmm. because I was like well this is just going to be and it didn't bullshit make sense. again <laughs> like I, the I, ending is so confusing I think it, it may all have been a dream yeah. well, I know, I don't know I have to uh, I think agree with you Liam uh, even though a Medea family funeral was, was largely um as funny as genital warts there were so actually some good dramatic scenes which which must have been written that way by tyler perry so i can't say it's all bad there was some some dramatic um dialogue that i quite enjoyed so yeah haunting a sharon tate now now that you mentioned the <laughs> the dream sequences i've completely forgotten about it is pretty unforgivable and annoying so yeah haunting a sharon tate okay well those are our full predictions of the razzie awards which as I say will be taking place later this evening so, uh, uh, yeah, we'll obviously check back uh, after the results are out and we'll, we'll see how, how we did. Liam, what a ranker is obviously your, your film blog where you've watched many of the films that have come out in the last year, including the ones we talked about here. Yep. Anything uh, good you've reviewed lately? Anything coming up that you're looking forward to? Uh,
2: I've seen a few this year already. My favourite so far have been The Gentleman, which seemed to have gone under the radar a little bit, mm-hmm. kind of a uh, British crime drama story. And then uh, 1917 was amazing, mm-hmm. the the one shot war film. You, you're waiting with I'm your Cineworld <laughs> black card in hand. How's <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm waiting for the uh, the Oscar season to start again.
0: Right, you poor sod. <laughs> in the meantime, if you want to uh, check over on our YouTube channel, I've done a couple of short sharp shocks the last couple of weeks here. I've seen a few films that have come out this year: The Lighthouse, Color Out of Space, and The Invisible Man. Three three of my favourite films so far this year, and I think they'll. Probably be in my top 10 when it's all said and done. So if people wanna know what I think of those, go over to the YouTube channel, uh, subscribe over there. You can get the uh, the short episodes, all our podcasts go on there as well. Obviously subscribe to the podcast as well. <clears throat> we're gonna uh, be doing more regular episodes moving forward. Now we're, now we're back in Razzie season, we're back in the mood. So uh, subscribe, follow us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Schlock Tactics, and uh, you'll know whenever we release a new episode. Uh, leave us a positive review on iTunes five stars if you wouldn't mind uh, but yeah that has been another episode of Schlock Tactics I hope you all enjoy the Razzies later on this evening if you want to give us any feedback on what you thought of any of these films get in touch on social media and uh, we'll, we'll chat about it but that's it for now thanks again for joining me Mark thanks for listening thanks again Liam thanks for having me we hope you'll be back soon and that has been another episode of Schlock Tactics we'll see you everyone next Bye! Bye.